you're tuning in to Crowpoint Dumagheri Podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. You are currently listening to our series titled, Jesus on the Move. Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shoal, and the whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly on their, for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Father, I pray that you would give us a heart that seeks for knowledge and understanding, that is filled with holy fear and reverence of the Lord. God, make us thirsty for your word today. Like Samuel, I pray that we will desire to hear you speak, that we would be ready to hear from you. That the authority of the word be in our midst. As we listen to you, O Holy Spirit, teach us. If there be anything in our lives that is not pleasing to you, that is contrary to your character, that is not aligned with your word, that is not according to your ways and your will, God, would you surface that? Would you open our hearts and our minds to realize that? And give us, O Lord, the strength from the Holy Spirit your enablement and empowerment to forsake them, to truly repent of anything that is sinful and not pleasing before you, that we might have a heart that pursues holiness, righteousness, and purity in the inward parts. Speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Mayong buntag, ganatong tanan. Welcome to Growpoint. Kunakadini for the very first time. You are welcome sa atong church family. I'm happy to see all of your beautiful faces this morning. Na mga bagong mga naong. Na yung mga very familiar. And we praise God for the strength and the grace that He has provided for us. Nga makapadayan ta sa ato ang pagpangalagad sa ato ang aginoo. So karan magpadayan ta sa ato ang series uh, Gospel of Mark. We have entitled this series Jesus on the Move because on this gospel, Mark's purpose, Mark's um, intention was to present the Lord Jesus Christ as the servant of God. And as God's servant, he was constantly on the move. In fact, the key word of this gospel is the word immediately. Jesus is moving from one place to the next, wasting no time and no opportunity to minister to God's people, to minister to the very people that God has died for, that God has desired to save from the penalty of their sins and from the power of sin. 
Jesus is the perfect example of a servant of God. We realize nga si Jesus, ayahang pakinabuhi din sa kalibutan, He did not live okay, using His, kanabitang ang pagkaginoo. He lived as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He was absolutely dependent upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Father. In Philippians chapter 2, we are instructed that Jesus chose to set aside the free exercise of His deity and He lived as a human being, controlled, directed, filled by the Holy Spirit. The key verse, of course, of this gospel is Mark chapter 10, verse 45, where we can read that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth in the form of a human being to sacrifice His life to save sinners like you and like me. And now we have come to the part, Mark chapter 8, Ang tunisa sa Mark chapter 10, which is commonly called by the theologians or Bible scholars as the great discipleship discourse of our Lord Jesus Christ. In these chapters, okay, reveal sa ginoo ang mga discipleship principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. What He expects, what He demands from those who would follow Him. And following the Lord Jesus Christ, we've learned a few weeks ago, demands a personal biblical conviction of His identity. Now, when you're fully convinced of who Jesus is, then your commitment will be strong and steady and stable. Kung wala kay personal convic- conviction kabahin ni, sa identity ni Jesus, maunang dali ra kayong mapuka ng atong commitment sa atong pagfollow sa iya, sa atong pagsunod sa iya. But when we are fully convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is Lord, that He is worthy of honor and praise, worthy of our allegiance and loyalty, of our faithful service, of our passionate worship, then, ang atong commitment, lalong said, that requires the ministry of the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual understanding to reveal His Son for who He really is to us. And dini sa ining atulog ka chapters sa Mark 8, 9, and 10, ikatulog ka beses gimension ni Jesus ang iyahang kamatayon, ang iyahang paglubong o pagkabanhaw. And each time ni Isgot si Jesus, iyahang gipredik ang iyahang death, burial, and resurrection, na ang heart issue nga ma-expose on the part of His disciples. On the first time ngayang giskutan ng iyahang kamatayon, the heart of Peter was revealed. Although he had the right words, you are the Christ, the Son of God, he had the wrong definition or concept of what a Messiah would look like and what the Messiah would do. Because after ni Suti si Jesus nga, as God's promised Messiah, he would suffer many things in the hands of sinful men, Peter reacted almost violently, and said, No, Lord, that will never happen to you. As if Jesus said something wrong. And Jesus had to correct him, and Jesus had to rebuke him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are not thinking of the things of God. You are mindful only of the things of men. Because in their mind, the Messiah would be a mighty conqueror who would deliver them from the oppression of their oppressors. So sa, para sila, it's inconsistent when you say Messiah and then suffering. Messiah onya death. No, that's not our picture of what a Messiah would look like. He is our deliverer. He should not die. So even though he had the right words, he had the wrong thinking. He had the wrong imagination. Sayang kasing-kasing unguna kung unsa ang Messias, unsa ang manuluwas. He did not realize that Jesus will bring salvation to His people by His death and resurrection on the third day. And the next time He goes to Jesus, Napod, for the second time about His death and His resurrection and how He would be given to the religious leaders and would suffer many things in their hands, 
be killed and the third day rise again. Another heart issue was exposed. And this time they were arguing who is the greatest among them. They were arguing, and I could imagine Peter and James and John who has been with, who have been with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, boasting before the other disciples that we, or at least one of us, should be the greatest because we've seen something about our Lord that none of you have seen. It was only us who saw Jesus with Moses and Elijah up on that mountain. We saw the glory of the Lord. You did not. But then the other disciples, and they would say, well, while you're talking about it, we were doing the work of the ministry. So you talk, we work. We should be the greatest. So they were arguing about that. And Jesus had to teach them a lesson of humility. A lesson on humility. Technically speaking, the passage before us this morning is a continuation of that lesson humility. But we want to take it a step uh, higher because in these verses, from verse 42 to verse 50, we can learn some of the, let, let, me, let me just say, more demands that Jesus required for those who would follow Him. And in these demands that are seen or revealed that we can read in this passage of Scripture, we can also take a very serious warning from the Lord Jesus Christ for all of His disciples, for all of those who would follow and serve Him. So I've entitled this message, A Warning from Jesus. Now, the Lord has always been careful and protective, say, In fact, we can read in Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8, For thus said the Lord of hosts, After His glory sent me to the nations who plundered you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. So, sa mata sa ginoo, sensitive ka, I mean, uh, sa parts atong ginoo, sensitive kaya siya, na kung kinsa tong manghilabot, mupasipala sa iyahang mga kaanakan, mupasakit kanila, daw gituslok ni mo siya sa iyahang kalimutaw. We are the apple of our God's eyes. And the truth on how we should treat other believers is stated by the Lord in verse 37. Remember, if we go back to verse 37, Jesus said, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Since Christ lives in every believer, that's the truth. The moment nga nidawat ka ni Jesus kay imuhang manluluas, imuhang uh, personal ug bugtong nga manluluas, puy-an ka sa balang espiritu which is the Spirit of Christ. So every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That's why sa 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Paul okay, reminded his readers that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and your body is no longer your own. You don't own yourself. You are not your own, Paul said. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is not yours, which are, which are God's. Kada Kristuhanon gipuyan sa balang Espiritu. Now, because of that, how we treat other Christians, other believers, is how we treat Christ. And how one treats Christ is how we treat God. Are you following the logic there? So if believer ka, gipuyan ka sa Holy Spirit, naanimo ang Espiritu ni Cristo. The Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. So how I treat you is how I treat Christ. And how I treat Christ is how I treat God. That's what he was saying in verse 37. And remember, after that, nagreact si John. And John said in verse 38, Lord or teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us, casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. So na daw sila nakitaan nga believer who was doing the work of the ministry, Jesus in the next verse will call that a miracle of casting out demons in his name, using the power and the authority of the Lord. Now, they reacted to that man, to that believer, because he was not one of them. 
he was not following Christ with their group. So, ilang gribyok tong tao, ilang ginanhunungan na. Ayaw na og pagkasat og demons in the name of our master, in the name of our Lord, because you're not one of us. Jesus had to rebuke them and says, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. The fact that they're doing the work of the ministry, and by the way, they, they're, he's doing it effectively, whereas the disciples just recently failed to cast out a demon from a little boy. Makita na to no, ang ilang garbo ba? Natandog ang ilang ego. Kining tao nga wala mailhi, Labing siguro, bago pa ni siyang a believer. He's an unknown believer. Doing the work of the ministry more effectively than us? That's unacceptable. How come he's able to cast out demons and we're not? We are the followers of Christ. We are the apostles. We are the disciples. And in their pride and arrogance, they reacted and said, stop it. But Jesus rebuked them and says, don't stop him. Because anyone who is not against us is on our side. And then Jesus said, Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name simply because you belong to me, a simple act of kindness, that will surely be rewarded by God. Now, it is in this interaction between the Lord and His disciples, and in Continuation sa iyahang response sa gisulti ni John that we pick up the story in verse 42. Ningon si Jesus, kay na contrast ngayong gibuhatan ni. Kinsa kinsa tong muhatag ninyo o sa kabasong bugnong tubig you know, to comfort you because you belong to me. You're, you are my follower. You are, you are a believer of mine. He will be rewarded. But, contrast. Okay, verse 42. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. I tell you, those were strong words. And man, did they understand that. Because it was common in their day na kung naay makasala gani, naay maka-offend, bitayan gyud tinuod og millstone. Kisa yung dili nakakita nakakita atong galingag mais nga duha ka bukbato nga iyakob niya nay mag-anaan bitaw. Kisa ninyo dili nakita gingana. All right. Gamay lang na siya. Sa ilaha a millstone and this particular millstone is a huge stone. It's technically a donkey stone. Nga sa ilahang sa ilahang culture, okay? Sa magaling na siya grain a donkey had to pull it around in order to turn it. So, yung ana siya kadako. And naanagay na hitabu ana daw, recorded by historian Josephus, nga naka-offend siya, o gibitayin gijag milestone, gihulog siya sa dagat, kung saan pa man mo paglutaw balik, patay gid ka. And muna, ang picture nga gihatag ni Jesus Christ, for those who would offend, those who would stumble, Young believers, weak believers, undeveloped faith of his believers, weak pa nga mga believers, kay bata pa man sila sa pagtuo, if they stumble because of how we live and how we act, Jesus is saying, it's better for you to be judged by hanging a millstone around your neck and throwing you down into the sea. Strong words. Because every believer, remember this, Every believer is a member of the body of Christ. He or she is a body part of the Lord. And in the New Testament, we are taught that the believers have been united in Christ and with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with Him. That's the unity we have with Christ as believers. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it was Paul who said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in, my, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And when Paul, okay, formerly Saul, was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians, he was not there to persecute Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. 
He was there to persecute the believers of Christ, the followers of the way. And on his way, on the road of Damascus, he encountered the, the risen Lord Jesus Christ, who in a bright light spoke to him. And listen to the words of Christ. Una na, ang intention ni Paul was to persecute the believers. Ang iyang gilutos, dili si Kristo. Ang iyang gilutos, iyang una ang mga Kristohanan, ang mga nituo ni Kristo. He was there to stamp out Christianity, the early Christianity. And then Jesus Christ met him with a bright light, and this is what Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? How we treat other believers is how we treat Christ. And how we treat Christ is how we treat God. That's how serious it is. And in judgment, in the judgment day, how people treat Christians will be considered how they treated Christ. If you read Matthew chapter 25, 34 to 46, remember that, you know, in English, Jesus, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. And then someone asked, Lord, where did we do that? He says, when you did that to someone in my name, you were doing it to me. I'm serious. And it is this that prompted the warning that started in verse 42. So in this passage, what we can learn is that the Lord Jesus Christ is calling His followers to take drastic and decisive actions in dealing with sin in the Christian life to avoid its damaging and devastating effects. Here's the main idea. Sin can have devastating effects in the lives of the believers that Jesus Christ calls for drastic and decisive actions against it. Sin must be avoided at all costs. Must be dealt with. So the question for us this morning is, what are the drastic and decisive actions that Jesus demanded from His followers? There are at least three specific actions in this passage, nga ito ang malern, makatunan, for His followers to take in dealing with sin in their Christian lives. These also serve a serious warnings from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And so let's look at uh, this passage and learn about the drastic and decisive actions the Lord wants us to take in dealing with sin in our Christian life. To His proud and arrogant followers, Jesus warned, number one, in verse 42, He says, Do not cause another believer to sin. Do not cause another believer to sin. Bible says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hang around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Well, the word stumble is from the Greek word skandalizo, which refers to causing someone to be tripped by temptation and fall and be led into sin. It refers to enticing or provoking a disciple, a believer of the Lord, to turn away from our God, resulting in serious spiritual damage. I want to point our attention to the phrase little ones. This word little ones is from another Greek word, mikros, which was used to describe a person or something in reference to its rank and influence. So by the fact that Jesus, whoever stumbles these little ones, he was referring to the believers who are unknown. The ordinary believers, those who did not necessarily hold any position of authority in Christianity. Young believers, we can say weak believers, babes in Christ. Those who, were, who just got saved probably and those who are just beginning to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are still forming their convictions about the Lord, who are still growing. In, you know, napa sa infancy stage, sa ilahang faith niya sa and Jesus says, whoever, do, whoever stumbles them to sin, to turn away from me, Yangi condemn. This term was used by the Lord to refer to the young and the new, the immature, the unknown, someone who doesn't have a great influence yet. And in this passage, more specifically, it seems to refer to the unknown believer who was casting out demons in the name of Jesus and whom John said they stopped and forbade because he was not one of them. 
So part ni siya sa reply ni Jesus Christ, sa ingyo ni John, Lord, namin nakita nga, you know, may kailan niya, nagkasaw siya demons in your name, amo siyang gipakgang, amo siyang gipahunong. Yang tubag ni Jesus, ayaw siya, o, pahunong nga. And then, gisumpay niya, yang sumpay mo ni, kinsa ganitong mubuhat o butang nga makapandul sa mga little ones. Mga bago, huyang pa, bata pa ng mga believers. May pagbitayan ka o bato sa imong liog o ihulog dito sa dagat. And the warning not to stumble one of these little ones is given by Jesus for everybody. He said, whoever. And that clearly implies that it doesn't matter who you are, or where you're from, or what position of authority you are occupying. In life, in business, or in ministry. And the punishment was so severe that Jesus said, it is better to die horribly than to be guilty of stumbling others to sin. Sabi siya, kaganina, dako, kaya nga ba ito? Okay, so, duha man na sila kabuok, ang ang usa steady, ang usa mo'y magtuyok-tuyok, guyuro na o donkey ka na murag gagmay kabayo, okay? Para matuyok niya, malihok niya ang bato, o katong isulod nila nga grain sa sa, sa sulod, mabutos tunga nilang duha, pagtuyok niya, magaling na siya. Katong nga kasulay, lagi galingan o mais nga, mano-mano, kasabot mo sa akong gisulti. Kanang katungaan na sa ibabaw, matanggal man na. Kana mo'y kipasabot ni Jesus, may paibitayan ka aning batuhan sa ibuang liog o gihulog dito sa lawod sa dagat. Okay? Severe kayo ang judgment ng ginuuna sa ginoo. What he's saying is this, Jesus is of course using a hyperbole and Jesus is trying to drive a serious point at this uh, in this conversation. What he's saying is this, It is better to die horribly by drowning with a millstone tied around your neck than to cause another believer to sin against God. That's how serious it is. It's a serious warning from the Lord. Do not cause another believer to sin. Do not stumble others by the way you live, by the way you act, by the way you treat them. Don't cause them to sin. In this story, it was the disciples' pride and arrogance displayed towards this unknown believer whom they found casting out demons in Jesus' name. And there are other common ways that we can stumble other believers. Can I share some of them? We can stumble other believers by enticing them directly, by tempting them directly. Well, I read a portion of Proverbs this morning before sa atoang message. And in Proverbs chapter 1, And verse 10, I advise si Solomon. Okay, let me read it to you again from that passage. Proverbs 1 and verse 10. Shall, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Naagi manintal ninyo. Na kung kristohanon ka, niya, manintal ka sa imong kaubang kristohanon, haron magpakasala. Kabalo ba mo? Na muragi mong gituslok ang ginoo sa iyahang kalimutaw? Ingana kasakit sa mata sa ginoo kung muna itong buhaton. When you entice her. An example of this is the woman in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6 to 23. Kapag babae nga describe as Proverbs chapter 7. Okay? In Proverbs chapter 7, na ay harlot de or na ay prostitute. Nga pagkakita ginas iyahang, iyahang prospect, iyahang pwedeng biktimahon. Iyahadong gitintal. The young and unwise men. Let me just read this uh, passage in you. For at the window of my house, I looked through the lattice and saw among the simple, the unwise. And I perceive among the youths a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner. And he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Ang iyahang foolishness ato is he walked in the path that leads to the house of that woman. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. And she was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, 
I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you. Diligently to seek your face. And I have found you. And I have spread my bed with tapestry colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey and has taken a bag of money with him. And will come home on the appointed day. He took a lot of money. He's not coming home soon. Let's play while he is away. That's an example of enticing someone, provoking someone, causing someone to sin. I'll give you some specifics later on. Another way is by provoking others to sin. And the verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, which is a command of God to the parents that says, Parents, do not provoke your children unto wrath. Example ana oh, kung mga parents dinhin na amoy tulok anak, duha ka anak, unya magpakita ka og kinsa imong paborito, you are provoking the others unto wrath. You're causing your children provoking them to sin. Another way is by stumbling others. Romans 15 verses 1 to 3 concerning the let me allow me to use the term, you know, concerning the gray areas of the Christian life. Some areas wherein people are, a lot of people are fighting. Sad to say, a lot of churches have been divided over minor issues. And it's because we fail to exercise grace towards one another and we impose our own convictions, our own standards to other people. Now, there are certain issues that the Bible is so clear. It's black and white. And whatever is black and white in the scripture, it should be kept as black and white. Wherever God clearly draws a line, that line stays. But there are issues and areas of the Christian life where God does not draw a clear line. There seems to be some liberty uh, in that area. That's why we call it a gray area. It's not black, it's not white, it's a little gray. Okay, But there are principles that are found in the scripture so that we will not stumble one another to sin. And those who are strong ought to hear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let, us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. In other words, show grace to those who are weak in conscience. A good example of this Napoli sa Corinthians, you know, na issue about music, na issue about clothing, issue about food. Okay? If you know that a brother or a sister would stumble, kung unsa ang imong gikaon, naiuban kay mas stumble sila sa klasik pagkaon nga imong gikaon. Ayaw, kung kabalo kang naa siya and weak siya ang nga area, ayaw na lang siya o pakit ang mukhaon ka. Sayo po kay Murag dalang you know, tungo sa atong garbo, maganahanta nga ang kalibutan mo, mo-adjust na to. Dili ta sensitive sa feelings, dili ta sensitive sa, you know, uh, ubang tao. So be sensitive. Don't stumble others by what you do, what you eat, and what you wear. Okay? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Lastly, by neglecting others. Sa Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25, we're instructed, not to forsake the gathering together, the assembling of the saints together. And on some purpose, one of the purposes of gathering together is to provoke one another unto love and good works. When we avoid fellowshipping with other Christians, when we neglect the command to fellowship with other believers, then we, on some end, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to help others. And by doing so, we are causing them to sin. And we can think of the many who have been turned off by an unforgiving spirit in the church. Naoban, madiscourage sila, mastambo sila because they saw a dishonest business transaction of a church member. I read a story about you know, a cashier who's working in a small convenience store. And this cashier has been considering Christianity for a while. And then, na siya mga nailan ng mga Christians in the community. 
And one day, one of the Christians in that community came in to his store to buy something. And then he intentionally, he intentionally, gipasubraan niya ang sukli. Gipasubraan ang sukli. Ang iyang purpose was to, you know, to, to test if this Christian is honest enough to return, okay, the excess sa sukli. Ang sobra. Kaya yung una-una, ugyan ni Yuli, maayo ang Christianity. And I will make a visit sa ilang church and seriously consider Christianity. So, ipasobraan niyang sukli, inigawas na, mayo galing kay ni Balik ang Christian. O giuli yun niya ang sobra nga sukli. O dito niya ni Balan, ni Sulti itong cashier, mayo ganit sir, kaya mong giuli. Abi na yun na ko, nga wag hinungdan ang mga Christians. Kuha ninyo na. Okay? And usahay no kay Ana tagliplasa, ana tagkangs, musubrang sukli, piso rabitaw, singko rabitaw. And then mo reason ta sa atong kagalingon, siya may nagdinanghag. Okay? Ako ade nang sala. Siya may cashier. So dapat ato gitarong niya og ihap og pila yang gisukli. Okay? Kay ang naa dito sa ang naa dito sa kanabitaw ang mura og signage sa counter kay count your change raman, wa man ingon nga return the excess. Pero basic matimingan tag-cashier para sa storya, no? And instead of attracting them towards Christ, pointing them towards Christ, we are effectively pushing them away and stumble down. Some are stumbled by a crude, worthless language heard from the believer's mouth. You know, when I was a young, uh, a young full-time worker, nangatumi o buhol for... SMCI ministry. And then one day we were playing basketball with some of the Christians in the church we were fellowshipping with. Unya sa ako ang pagkasyak nga ang ang anak pagyud sa officer sa church ang among kadula. Perting pamalikas. Ani anak ko nga tin ako mo apil ani. Nya kadako kayo sa uniform ngalan sa simbahan. Unya na malikas. Kanino, mga mga young people, uso ba ni kayo? Okay? Abilang gud nato no kung dili ni serious nga matter in the eyes of God. Parents, if we are not careful in public places, how you treat your child, okay? How you correct your child in front of the watching public is important. Be careful not to stumble those who are watching you. The fact is, we are being watched by the world around us. Someone is watching you. And if you disappoint him or her, that person will be stumbled. And what, what's really painful sometimes is, ang mga tao nga ma-stumble na to are the ones that we love, our children, our parents, our friends. Sila mo'y mastambol, maglantaw sila sa tua, lahit na din sa church, masanday, lahit puta sa balay. Wow. Warning gika ni Jesus, do not cause other believers to sin. So, how can we apply this? Number one, we should live a life with integrity before others so as not to stumble them or cause others to commit sin against God. Oban makapanglibak na lang nato tungod sa atong gibuhat. Makareak man sila. Masyak sila sa ilang nadunggan sa imong baba. Masyak sila sa ilang nakita nga la. Nanikas na gito si kuan. Si brother so and so. So and so man, makapanglibak sila. You have just stumbled them. You have just caused them to sin. They get offended. Especially as parents, let us avoid showing favoritism or demanding too much from our children so that we will not provoke them. Sometimes parents are guilty of this. Ilahang kamagulangan, bright first owner, sige, ganahan po silang ilang ikaduwang anak, inganasad. O tanawa si kuya, o tanawa si ate, nga nang dili mga kapareha ni kuya ni mo, nga nang dili mga kapareha ni ate ni mo. 
Siyate ni mo, maya kay English. Ikaw, wala kay kay klaro gyud. Oh, bright kag mat, pero dili ka bright kag English. Naaramanday na. Okay? Unique ang kada usa. Then live talents. Imagina kung gipugos ni Junisha si Manny Pacquiao. Nga, miskwila jo gaani, miskwila jo gaani. Wala tay 8 division champion karon. Imagina kung muna gipangbuhat sa mga sa mga ginikanan sa mga professional athletes instead of supporting them and discovering kung unsa gyud ang plano sa tabangan sila ba unsay plano sa Ginoo para sa ila unsay pahat nila ani kinabuhi Sometimes frustrated parents kay gitake up sila ana nga kurso wa man sila kapasar ilang anak mo ilang danukan O nangandoy kong ma-engineer, wa man ko nakapasar, o wa ko nakatiwas, kay pobre akong ginikanan, ikaw ha, kinanglang ma-engineer ka. Magbuot na lang, na lang dayon. Okay? And then, i-balance na ako na eh. Mga anak, maminaw po mo. Usahay, kinanglang po ng maminaw, dili usahay, maminaw gita sa atong ginikanan. Because even though naapod na atong kaugalingong desires, do not forget this. They've gone ahead in life of you, Nana's like experience, a lot of times, they know better than you. Even though, mas taas ka of educational attainment, na wisdom ang atong mga ginikanan. When they say, avoid this, you better take heed of their warning. Kung sige, basa nato sa Proverbs chapter 1. Do not forsake the law of your parents, your mother. Kung sige, instructions, take heed. Digi ka magmahay in the end. Thirdly, let us be sensitive towards uh, towards one another and respect each other's convictions regarding some things in the Christian life upon which the Bible is not particularly so clear. Let us be gracious with one another. Let's be gracious. Lastly, let's be careful with our words and actions, our reactions to various kinds of people around us because our responses to our situation Our problems and challenges will either push others away from God or attract them towards Himself. Think about that. Serious kind of warning to Jesus. Do not cause other believers to sin. This morning, because that is very, very important. Dagan kayo mga bagong believers, okay? Ngamuhani sa church, or bagong nibalik sa church, niya mawadan da yung gana, paglantaw nila sa mga pirminang gaanin sa church. Kay ang pagtagad, dili kayo mainiton, okay? dili kayo accommodating, dili, di sila feel welcome. They feel judged, they feel condemned, they feel looked down. That's a sad reality of many churches. I hope that that would not be the reality binisa Grow point. Kitang tanan, makasasala ta, it's all by God's grace. Okay? It's all by God's grace. No one is better than the other. So, let's pray for one another. Let's pray for one another. And after giving a serious warning against causing others to sin, Jesus moved on to the responsibility of keeping one's own life from sin. Now, kanipo siya, mudwell ko gamay, but it will not be as long as the first one. Because if careful ta, nga mo take heed sa first nga warning, I feel like it's easier to take this second warning. And the second warning from the Lord Jesus Christ is this, do not keep anything that leads to sin. Do not keep anything that leads to sin. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ beginning in verse 43. Nga na siya, okay? Sa verse 48, He said, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Verse 45, if your foot causes you to, causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Verse 47, and if your eyes, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. The point is this, do not keep anything in your life that causes you 
to sin. Of course, kung magbasa ka ng passage, obvious ka yung uh, wala ni nagpasabot nga physical mutilation ang gi, gi, ang tambal sa sala. Because ang tao nga putla ni mo og kamot, putla ni mong tiil, kuha ni mong mata, capable ragya po na siya makasala batok sa gino. Nga naman, in Mark chapter 7, we are told, sin starts from the heart. Cutting your hand will not stop you from sinning. Kadagang pungkol nga, maldito kayo. Kadagang bakol nga, makasasala kayo. Tinood, kadagang buta nga, kuan. So, dili ka mo, dili ka mo nga, putlo na yung kamot para maundang nakagsala, or putlo na yung dili na mo yung gimini Jesus. He's driving a point. He's saying, he's teaching a principle. And the principle is this, whatever it is in your life that is causing you to sin, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Your hands represent what you do. And so if what you're doing with your hands is causing you to sin, or if you're doing sinful things with your hands, stop it. Stop it. Now, what your foot represents where you go. So if you're going to places you know you shouldn't go and it's causing you to sin, avoid it. Avoid that path. Your eyes represent what you look at. And if what you're looking at, what you're exposing yourselves to, the images, the videos, anything that is causing you to sin, remove it. Remove it. Stop it. Avoid it. Remove it. And all these three encompasses the totality of life. They are important parts, but as implied here in this um, in this passage, if these three become a reason to sin, they have to be removed from your life. The battle against sin includes all aspects of the believer's life. Simple kind point of Jesus. Whatever it is that's causing you to sin, get rid of it. Do not keep it. If you intend to live a life with such integrity so as not to stumble another believer, to sin, so as not to poke God in the apple of His eye, so to speak, then get rid of anything that leads you to sin. Get rid of anything, and I mean anything that leads you to sin. And then, I want to put some weight, I mean, Jesus put some weight to the seriousness of this principle to avoid sin. He not only gave us a drastic action or demanded a drastic uh, action, he also described the dreadful consequence. He says, cut it off or else you'll be cast into hell. Now, hell is a real place. Dagang kayong mga tao in the past nga na-shock daw aning si Jesus mentioned hell. And hell is a real place as declared by the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the little phrase, he says, May pa daw nga bakul ka nga musulod sa gingarian sa gino than to be cast into hell. May pa daw pungkol ka, okay, kaysa dua imong kamot, than to go to hell. And that implies that hell is a real place. And the word hell here is the word Gehenna. And it appears 12 times in the New Testament and Jesus used it 11 times. The only other time it is used is in James. And this was a term that was transliterated from two Hebrew words, meaning Valley of Hinnom. And this was a place outside of Jerusalem. Originally, Kaning Valley of Hinnom was a place where children were burned alive as they were sacrificed and offered to a pagan god, Moloch, the false god of the Ammonites. Okay, 1 Kings 11, 2 Kings 17, and 21. And this was the practice that God prohibited in Leviticus chapter um, 18 and chapter 20. And God not only prohibited it, God condemned this practice. But both, both King Ahaz and King Manasseh, before he repented, did this They practiced this. But later on, this place was, you know, during the time of the reformation of King Josiah, who was a godly king, he destroyed the place of sacrifice and turned it into a valley where garbage dump were thrown. 
And in that garbage dump, fire was continually burning. And of course, na may mga patayng hayop, na po yung mga dead bodies of slaves thrown in there, monang na po yung mga ulud. Monang ang description sa hell, and you know, ang image nga gipaint ni Jesus is na ay fire that will, that's not quenched, na ay worms nga dili mga matay. It's a picture of Gehenna, the judgment. Now, Mungutana ka nga nung kaniman, ang bot pasabot ba ni kung ang mga disciples makastambul o other, makastambul sa uban nga makasala, kung ikaw, Christian ka, unya nakay mga butang sa imong kinabuhi, nga dili nimo dili nimo kuhaon niya, mag, mag, magsigi kang makasala, pasabot ba na nga, ma-impierno ka, mawala imong kaluwasan? No. Cut it off, the first drastic action that Jesus demanded is a call for repentance. Real repentance involves removing anything that causes you to sin. Say for example, or avoiding anything, any, any path that causes you to sin. Say for example, you know, before ko na-save, kuhan ko, sugarol ko, panilitan lang, and then say ko panikas. Kung tinood ko nga maghinoso sa akong sala, kinanglang muhunong sa kong adto sa sugalan. Okay? Nakuha na to na. Dili na sa tinood nga paghinusol. Kung minka nga, Lord, sorry kay kuan nagbuhat ko aning nga bisyo, kabalo ko nga salaan ni, o niya inig kataw-taod, muato lang yapon ka dito. Cut it off is a call for repentance. A change of mind that results in a change of course and action. And if a person fails or refuses to repent from sin, then he cannot be saved from hell. Okay? For all of sin, and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Now, using these statements here clearly indicates that the same repentance from sin exercised by the believer at the point of salvation is required after salvation as the new believer pursues Growth in his spiritual life in the areas of holiness, righteousness, and purity. These are the initial requirements for salvation. Kaya di ba, para maluwas ang isa kang makasasala, kinahanglang mo, hinuso siya, muripend siya sa iyong sala, o musalig siya ni Kristo ngayang manuluwas. But that initial commitment to turn away from sin, we call that repentance, is to be a continual practice in the life of the believer. And the point that Jesus Christ is driving here is very is simply this. Since Jesus had already died to set us free from sin, He has already died to set you free from the penalty of sin, which is death and hell, then we must battle against sin at all costs, even if it means removing or losing important things or important people. Strong words. Strong words. So let's examine our lives today. What do you do with your hands that are, you know, are you doing some hidden activities or habits or things you're holding on to right now that is causing you to sin against God? Are there some hidden activities, secret activities that are causing you to sin? Are you going to places where you as a believer should not be going? Are there events you attend which involves temptations you cannot handle? What are you reading these days? What are you watching these days? What books or e-books or magazines or e-magazines are you reading these days? What is it about the videos and the movies you're watching that glorifies and honors God? Or are these things causing you to sin? Because the responsibility not to cause others to sin, okay? Mabuhat na nato if, first of all, we take personal responsibility sa kongkongan, not to cause ourselves to sin. The first warning and the second warning. Remember this. It hurts to cut off our foot or hand or tear out our eyes, right? And it hurts to give up the, the wrong things in life. It hurts. 
But any sacrifice, quote-unquote, we make to pursue holiness in God is worth it in the end. Colossians 3.5, we are reminded, as Christians, we are to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Titus chapter 2, verses 11, verse 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. We are called to pursue holiness, righteousness, and purity. Do not cause others to sin. And do not keep anything that leads to sin. And lastly, do not lose any saltiness as his followers. For everyone will be seasoned with fire. Numbers verse uh, 49. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? God is calling us to keep our godly character in the midst of suffering. In the Old Testament, the temple sacrifices had to be accompanied by salt. And salt speaks of sacrifice. So the thought here is that everyone who follows Christ must be a willing sacrifice. Remember Romans 12, verse 1 and 2? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And everyone who serves and follows Christ must be willing to make some sacrifices. And along with the salt comes the fire, which symbolizes persecution. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Wala dyan nag-promise ng, you know, mufollow ka niya, mufrasper dyan ka materially, you know, sure dyan na, mudato ka, sure dyan na, makabunin mo yung mga dreams in life. But, you know, ang promise ng, you know, Moni, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 to 4, so that no one will be shaken by these persecutions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. <laughs> we are destined for persecutions. Why? Because when we live our lives according to the ways and the will of God, we will be living lives that are countercultural. The world does not like it, it's opposed to the value system of the world. Ipadayon si Paul sa yang gisulti sa 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. In fact, when we were with you, we told you previously that we are going to suffer persecution. As you know, it happened. And then Peter, writing to the persecuted believers at large, he said in 1 Peter chapter 4, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. These purifying trials and persecutions and testings will purge from our lives anything that is contrary to God. So keep a godly character in the midst of sufferings. Secondly, salt mantasa kalibutan. We are the salt of the earth, Matthew chapter 5, we are to keep our genuine commitment in the midst of compromise. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? And then he said, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. We know that salt preserves food from rotting. And his challenge to his disciples as the salt of the earth is to be the preserving influence in a decaying world. Our presence ought to awaken the conscience. 
It ought to elevate the conversation, to restrain ethical corruption, to promote honesty and raise the moral atmosphere of our society. It has to start with us. It has to start with how we treat one another. And in the context here, the disciples are to preserve themselves from spiritual decay caused by sins such as pride and arrogance. And then they can have peace with one another instead of arguing who is better and who is greater, who is the best and who is the greatest. In the end, it's all by God's grace. Have salt among yourselves or in yourselves. Let's come to this, some concluding thoughts. Realize that salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. Now, if kita mga Christian, we are the salt of the earth, ang question is, are we creating thirst in others around us? A thirst for God. Kung kita lang ba would live according to who we are in Christ? Let's just take that imagery. If we are going to really live as the salt of the earth, we will create thirst in the lives of others around us. And then Jesus who is in us, will have the opportunity to quench their thirst. Remember, Jesus is the fountain of living water. They will be drawn to Christ if we live in such a way that create thirst for true holiness, righteousness, and purity. In conclusion, a very simple point with Jesus. Sin is serious and must be taken seriously. Don't smile at your sin. It's not funny to God. He gave His Son to save you from your sin. Sin is so serious that the, the punishment for sin is death in hell forever. So take it seriously. Because God is serious about it. And so, you know, live in such a way that you don't cherish sin. And you don't, you know, play with sin. Don't toy with sin. Do not cause others to stumble to sin. And do not keep anything or anyone in your life that's causing you to sin. So as to keep your saltiness as the salt of the earth, making an impact for Christ. Let me remind you, in this passage, we can learn that sin can have devastating effects in the lives of the believers. Because of that, Jesus calls for drastic and decisive actions against it. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, words will never be enough. And to praise you for all eternity will never be enough. For your love that you demonstrated by sending your son, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross of Calvary to set us free from the penalty and the power of sin and eventually in glory from the very presence of sin. Yet God, we ask for forgiveness because at times we don't take sin seriously. But your word reminds us today we must take sin seriously because it can have devastating effects in our lives and in the lives of those around us. God, you gave us some serious warnings today in your word. Help us to take heed of them, to remember them, to remember not to cause another believer to sin, to remember not to keep anything in our lives that leads us to sin. And by doing so, we might keep our saltiness as the soul of the earth, may we be a preserving influence in a decaying, compromising culture. 
that we, Lord, might create thirst in the lives of others. And that may create a bridge and an opportunity for you to meet them and quench their thirst because, Lord Jesus, you are the fountain of living water. And you have the water that when a thirsty person will drink, he will never thirst again. Oh God, help us as your people and use us as your people that the world will know that you are a God who loves them so and you want to save them, to forgive them, to give them eternal life by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Lord, we praise you for your grace today. We praise you for your mercy and your compassion and your unconditional love. We give you praise, Lord, because you are worthy of all our praises. Oh God, I pray for that person today in our midst today who may not be saved, who does not know Jesus Christ as his or her Lord and Savior. Would you save that person today, Lord? Would you awaken that person's mind, enlighten that person's mind to realize his or her need of you as a sinner bound to go to hell? he or she may cry out to you and call upon your name by faith and ask you to save her. God, I pray, speak to that person's heart. Anyone who is not sure of their salvation here, I pray that today might be the day of their salvation. 